0: Welcome to NeuroNoodle's Neurofeedback and Neuropsychology podcast, featuring neurofeedback legend Jake Gunkelman and Seaburn Fisher, the author of Neurofeedback and the Treatment of the Developmental Trauma, Calming the Fear-Driven Brain. Our goals provide information, promote options for better mental health. My name is Pete, and today we have very, very special guests. Our old buddy John Anderson from Minnesota came on by, and we have owner of Biosource Software, Fred Schaefer and psychologist John Davis. But before we get to the Biosource team, we'd like to take this time to share some Patreon love to our Patreon business supporters. We are supported by listeners and businesses just like you, like our gold supporter, Applied Neuroscience Incorporated, the creators of NeuroGuide, the premier EEG assessment and training software whose demo version can be downloaded from the link here. Hey, attend ANI's pre-conference workshop at the ISNR 2022 Conference, Wednesday, July 27th, between 8am and 4.30pm. The workshop will concentrate on assessment and protocol preparation using the NeuroNavigator and the Symptom Checklist, which includes cerebellar ROIs and uses SW Loretta for more precise targeting and cross-frequency coupling. Training will be introduced. And hey, if you want a coupon code, email Pete at NeuroNoodle.com. I'll hook you up. Learn more at AppliedNeuroscience.com slash NeuroGuide. Hey, thanks to our silver supporters, Mary Tracy's awesome EEG training program at EEGStrategies.com and Mind Media's Nexus EEG Amplifier. Welcome aboard, Erwin, there at MindMedia.com. Three things our listeners can do to help us spread the word of neurofeedback. Number one, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Number two, give us a review on whatever platform you listen to. Five stars is appreciated, but Jake Gunkelman will accept four and a half. Hey, if you have the means, please support us on Patreon slash NeuroNoodle. There are different levels in which you can support us, whether you're a mom or dad or a clinician, there's even an option where you can have your own Q&A with our own Jake Gunkelman. This support help helps us improve the quality of our content hey trying to get these video edits even better even better welcome to the show john anderson fred schaefer and john davis welcome by software team to the show now john anderson we are old buddies we've had you on the show a few times could you introduce the the team that uh you brought with you this time you, you brought the big guns
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Fred Schaefer uh, developed biosource software, and I don't know the entire history of it, but it's a a massive undertaking. And he's done, in addition to biosource software, which we're going to talk about, he's done an amazing amount for the field of biofeedback. He's been around for a long time. He's been on the boards of uh, AAPB and BCIA, and he's he's a guiding light in the field. Fortunate to have him on the show today. And uh, I've been fortunate to know Fred for a, quite a long time, 13, 14 years now.
2: Yes.
1: And uh, he and I sat down uh, at dinner one time at a at a conference and uh, he was talking about, you know, uh, biofeedback tutor and some of the other tutors that he's developed uh, in an online platform. And I said, hey, let's, let's make a, a neurofeedback tutor. And 13 years later, we just got that certified by BCIA and with the help of John Davis, who who came on with us and and, uh, spurred us on to uh, excellence because he's the guy who really does the the close work. He looks at it and says, "Mm, let's spruce that up a bit. Uh, He's a little bit like uh, Neil Young with the Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young folks, which uh, Neil Young would come in and say, this sounds like crap. Let's redo that. So anyway. John
2: Davis said that he said that our <laughs> tutorial sounded like look like crap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm and the late, latecomer Canadian. <laughs> the, the latecomer Canadian to the, the, the party at Biosource.
1: Fred Fred is a, a shining light and he's developed all this amazing educational material for the for the field. And he's got biofeedback tutor, HRV tutor, uh, now we've got neurofeedback tutor. And I'll let him continue to explain all the products that uh,
2: Biosource Software uh, is host for. Let me give you a little background. Biosource Software began in 1978. I developed it originally to provide material for my campus classes and to educate the field. I didn't know a whole lot then. I still have a great deal to learn. And when I get into fields like neurofeedback and QEG, Uh, I realized that uh, I'm privileged to be allowed to even spell those terms. That's why uh, I brought on John Anderson and John Davis. I have zero street cred uh, in the neurofeedback or QEG field. I am basically a production person and copy editor uh, for John and John. Uh, I have a little more background in what's C- con- traditionally called biofeedback and uh, HRV biofeedback. I feel comfortable spelling those terms. In the background, of course, I'm always frightened uh what someone as experienced as Jay or Seaburn would say if they looked at what we produce. Although it's been my experience, I, I know Jay, that Jay uh, is very kind and, and very forgiving. To people who aren't pompous, and for those people, they can expect to be deflated instantly. (laughs) Well, we're all we're all students,
4: so you know we all have to give each other a little leeway on things and move everybody forward in the right direction. Is all yeah, a
2: little grace. Uh, You know, it does not hurt to be kind. And so, the purpose of biosource is to get. What well, we hope to be quality uh, educational materials out to the field at uh, ridiculously low prices, uh, so that when we compare our courses to offerings from uh, vendors who are also accredited, uh, our product might cost say 150 as opposed to 750. And the reason we can do that is that we—I have a—that's a
0: customer right there.
2: Well, you
0: know, boy, this is a powerful podcast, Fred.
2: <laughs> Whoa! I've done so much to uh, drive my business. So we're trying to we're trying to get affordable uh, materials out there uh, that are every bit as uh, up to date and probably more so, and as polished as those of, of our uh, competitors.
0: You know, it's it's kind of hard with this show because. We speak to moms and dads. We speak to clinicians. We speak to techs, and mm-hmm. we we take supporter. You know, it's, it's almost like we're PBS, but not. You know, because you know, I got my hat out. You know, they. You oh. know, I'll take a dollar here and there, because you know, to get to get you know better uh, video editing and whatnot. But it, it, we try not to push certain things um we will talk about supporters but there's so many choices out there and people want to know there's certain people want to be told what to get and what to do and we really can't do that all we can do is pr- bring people on and show the different options of what you have right you guys are going to speak to your book you're passionate about your product I, I i get it but you know people want you know options and the, the Biosource uh, team, since, since 78, mm-hmm. how do you differentiate from, from everybody else? Because, you know, we have different people coming on, and obviously they have the best pony in the show. No. <laughs> and then I mean, people get confused. They that. don't know what to
2: – yeah. No, we're not going to say that. I think it, it is on the uh, consumer to check it out on their own. Uh, And one of the simplest ways is to go to websites, see uh, which courses uh, are uh, BCIA accredited, which is one uh, stamp of quality, and then compare uh, price, uh, but also compare faculty, in other words, credentials. One advantage that we have when teaching, say, uh, physiological psychology for uh, neurofeedback certification is that's what I do two times uh, a year for my university. I've been teaching physiological for perhaps 25 years. I am a biological psychologist. The credentialing matters, but I realize there are many choices that that your viewers have. We're not going to say that we are the best product for everyone. We're not. Uh, you have yeah, to decide what is best for for you in terms of price point, in terms of do you need uh, APA continuing education? We have BCIA, but we don't have APA. Maybe the APA is worth an extra $500. When I'm asked should I purchase the online multimedia tutorial neurofeedback tutor or go to a hands-on uh, workshop? My answer would be, if you can't afford the time and uh, the expense of a hands-on workshop, go do it. Don't buy our product. It isn't going to be in your best interest? Because there are a number of excellent hands-on workshops that are out there. But there is a market for people who don't have the funds, uh, the time, uh, or are just travel averse right now uh, for online education. And it's my belief that we offer a credible virtual uh, experience that is every bit as good as what our competitors will offer.
1: Well, and the ultimate uh, choice there between those two choices that Fred just laid out is to do both, mm-hmm. um, because I kind of see a neurofeedback tutor as being a resource, uh, a reference textbook, if you will, that you might uh, use in a, in a college level course. And it's constantly evolving because we're constantly correcting it and changing it and adding to it. Uh, and so it's, it's a living, growing organism that people can access and use as a resource in addition to the hands-on class that they went to. Mm-hmm. The hands-on class is great, but it kind of zooms over your head and everything you learned in that four or five days is probably gone in the next week or two or three or so. And then you can come back to uh, neurofeedback tutor or biofeedback tutor or wherever, and you can refresh all that information and you can find it over the next you know, years or so that you're learning how to do this task, the neurofeedback, biofeedback, whatever. That's the way I would like to see people doing it. Go to a hands-on course. That's a great experience. Well, well, it's, John
0: Anderson, um, I, I can, att- I can attest. I've had to go through your class twice. I'm sorry. Please forgive
3: Just like you say, it's like getting a sip of water from a fire hose. You know, Second, what what John and Fred are saying about the hands-on courses, having you know gone to, to several of them and you know listened to, to Jay and Seaburn in their courses and you know, read their works, um, I, I met Fred when I <laughs> was being vetted for the BCIA uh, uh, board, and um, <laughs> and was very kindly. Uh, invited to join that board, and when I did, like a, uh, an unexpected bonus was getting a, a, a copy of Fred's biofeedback tutor. And so, you know, like I've, I've gone through that and, and seen it evolve over the years. But one of the things I wanted to say about it is that the software that that uh, BioSource does is, if you know, forgive me for being simple minded, it's it's really pretty. <laughs> and then, you know, it combines a like a, a variety of. Um, you know, media and, you know, glossaries and self testing methods. And in the, I, I at the Master University, where I've taught, you know, we have in our medical school, there is like small group problem based self directed learning, you know, with the more emphasis on self directed. So, you know, here's which, which is evidence based and it works really well. So for those people who, whose style or, or circumstances, necessitate uh you know the self-directed learning this is a really nice it's a very pretty option and and very effective you know it's bcia uh acc- accredited so it's it's solid uh you know scientifically based stuff that you know that c burn and j and you would you know, recognize
0: fred you 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 teach how do we get more colleges to pick up neurofeedback at least to- teaching the techs what to do? How do we get more adoption? Because there's only there's only a couple uh, colleges out there. Is that right, Jay? S- Saybrook in uh, uh, Texas?
4: There's a few, but okay, there aren't okay. as mean as there used to be. I mean, we've, we've lost laboratories like Barry Sturman's, uh, Aaron Zeidel at UCLA. Both of those were major laboratories that are no longer in existence. Jeannie Boner-Havard Davis in, in Texas. Uh, So we've actually lost, well, you know, people get older and retire and um, uh, our our field has been a little long in the tooth. We've had uh, a lot of people like me uh, get to the age of retirement and um, we've lost some of the uh, uh, major programs. But it doesn't mean that there aren't programs. I mean, Saybrook is a distance learning um, accredited university Um, uh, that that has APA-accredited coursework as well as their own degree programs. Obviously, Fred's, you know, if you're going to judge a group that's doing teaching, look to their damn students. You know, Fred brings dozens sometimes of students to the meetings and uh, national meetings and international meetings. I, I remember very, very vividly in Rome, uh, we were there during the volcano that shut down air flights and Fred uh, had students that saved every penny they could possibly scrounge to get there and attend the meeting and then they're stuck there for an extra week and they didn't have room money for the room they didn't have money for food they didn't you know they were students. And uh, but they were in Europe. They were presenting their work at an international meeting. What does that look like on your resume? It, uh, Fred turns out fabulous students, lots of them, and uh, has for a long, long time. He's seeded so many people into the field. You know, he's such a good teacher. So frustrated, he pulls his hair out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, uh. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've known Fred um, uh, since uh, he he entered into the field. I did some coursework uh, in San Francisco at the Biofeedback Institute of San Francisco for uh, Doctor uh, uh, von Bose, uh, and yeah. he, he's um, he's been in the field a long time. Uh, he actually knew me even before I cut my hair to get a job in the EEG lab. So. He's been around for a long time and I've seen his previous work. Um, I remember brain anatomy for dummies, um, uh, w- which he turned out at one point and you know, he tossed it to me to take a look at and make any critiques. And I was really quite impressed. Uh, a lot of people have really superficial uh, knowledge of, of, brain structure and function. And uh, his, his little tutorial was much deeper than the usual surface gloss. So, I've been impressed with his work for a long time.
0: But if more colleges w- would be teaching this. Now, I understand you want to go get your bachelor's in psychology. Don't go into a tech. Seaburn, I heard you. I'm not saying to do that. But is it possible for like the junior colleges to teach a tech course to get more? Because there's more adoption. That means more need for the software, mm-hmm. less fighting between the distributors. And, you know, what? what why is it more of that going on?
2: You need mentors who have the expertise and also the credibility. Uh, So you need people, again, I'll make the case. And let me explain or clarify my conflict of interest. Uh, I am on the BCI board. So when I advocate for BCI certification, I clearly have a dog in the fight. but also, but I've stayed on the board for as long as I have for decades because I believe in its mission, uh, and uh, it is uh, it is a stamp of approval for both training standards uh, as well as practice standards. So we really would want the mentors to be BCI certified. We would want their uh, program, whether for techs uh, or for graduate students. Uh, an example would be a University in, in, in San Diego, a uh, Dick Verza's program or Rutgers, uh, which was Paul Lair's uh, former program. He's a professor emeritus now. Uh, we would want the programs to follow the BCI blueprint. And that is what the Texas programs have done. Uh, Mark Jones' program mm-hmm. followed the, uh, the BCI Blueprint. Uh, Jeanne Bogdan Davis uh, so follows the BCI Blueprint, and, and Jeannie served on the BCI board as well. Uh, so that's how you do it. Uh, you get BCI-certified uh, people. Carmen Russinello. Uh, at East Carolina Mm -hmm. University, Uh, and he has been followed by Matt Fish, who Mm -hmm. has a doctorate and uh, has a program that is particularly focused on veterans and, Mm -hmm. uh, and addressing the needs of veterans. So one of the places where I see future growth outside of the traditional university is in the military, as they find it crucial in, in treating disorders like uh, PTSD. God bless the veterans.
0: If it's good enough for the veterans, it should be good enough for everybody. Like, What is the obstacle? Okay, I get a BCIA, but why aren't more colleges saying, okay, give me the BCIA program and let me teach it to get more techs out there? For a psychologist to get an office open, that's a hurdle, number one. Number two, to take this new system in whatever it is to figure out the equipment, to figure out the software, and then you gotta train somebody to do it. And then whoever you train just left. There kind there isn't like an output of of techs out there. And you've been doing it since 78, and it's been helping people for so long. People keep asking me, why isn't it growing faster? What's holding it up? I'm trying to use this platform to remove that obstacle. What's slowing it down?
2: Higher education is uh, and even uh, community college education is uh, under great strain right now. Uh, part of it is demographics. Uh, there are fewer uh, high school students in the pipeline. Uh, more people are opting to go into the workforce. So with uh, budgets under pressure, with fewer bodies, uh, this is not the time that n- uh, universities typically offer new uh, degree programs or, or even new tracks or, or specializations. Uh, so there is this p- uh, pushback uh, that even if you had a faculty member who was certified, it might be difficult to uh, use scarce resources to offer that. I'll give you an example. Truman is a uh, is the state's leading liberal arts and science, the state of Missouri's leading liberal arts and science university. Uh, because of the pandemic, because of the demographic changes, a class that used to be 30 with a waiting list now has about 18. Mm. And that's true for a high demand class. I'm not talking about a specialized class. Uh, so this is a challenge. This is not the best time to hire new people. Uh, when we lose a faculty member to retirement, uh, we do not expect a replacement anytime uh, while I'm still there. Uh, so higher education, and even community uh, colleges are under that pressure.
5: Mm.
2: So, but again, there are bright spots. There is Brigham Young University and mm. the excellent research done by Patrick Stefan, as an example. We've already talked about uh, Saybrook and Saybrook does both neurofeedback and biofeedback. Uh, so there are bright spots. And then of course you have the vendors who, and we have many capable programs.
5: When I came into the field, which was, this is to your point, I think, Pete, when I came into the field, which was much later on, it was 96, there was still, uh, there was no language that supported the electrical or the frequency domain of uh, understanding the brain. It was all chemical. Uh, I, I, when I first had the experience of neuro, I had to have the experience of neurofeedback for myself um, to believe that, I mean, to have any access to this new paradigm. And I often say when I'm teaching that I probably never would have listened to somebody like me when I was a, <laughs> as a therapist, because I wouldn't have had any clue really, about this paradigm now in this period of time, which is like 27 years now, there's been a shift and in increasing awareness of circuitries in the brain as being, you know, the, the maybe even the vital factor, right? Uh, as being promoted by uh, a c- kind of um, interface, a chemical. Uh, circuitry interface but that that's only beginning to become real and then to the most courageous or the most advanced people in different fields of neuroscience and definitely of psychology which those have never those have been completely different fields I'm sorry John maybe that's not true for you but in most places neuroscience and and uh, psychology have you know, since, since Freud, Freud couldn't put them together, they've been separate units, right? So there's a lot of things. That-
0: we are supported by listeners and businesses just like you, like our gold supporter, Applied Neuroscience Incorporated, the creators of NeuroGuide, the premier EEG assessment and training software whose demo version can be downloaded from the link here. Hey, attend ANI's pre conference workshop at the ISNR 2022 conference Wednesday, July 27th between 8 a.m. and 4 30 p.m. The workshop will concentrate on assessment and protocol preparation using the neuronavigator Navigator and the symptom checklist, which includes cerebellar ROIs and uses SW Loretta for more precise targeting and cross frequency coupling. Training will be introduced. And hey, if you want a coupon code, email Pete at NeuroNoodle.com. I'll hook you up. Learn more at AppliedNeuroscience.com slash NeuroGuide.
5: Mitigate against a kind of um, let's, let's teach uh, this. Because you theoretically could go into any neuroscience department and say, well, let's look at this anew, right? So I, as you have guys have changed biosource over the years, it's because you had new thinking, right? And new experiences that have created new thinking. At least that's been the case for me. So um, so I think there's a lot uh, that, that, in fact, I don't think it's ever going to be or it's going to be that the universities lead the way in the learning here. It's gonna be very important that they exist and it validates the, the field and it, so it gives gravitas to the field. But the way this is coming is through consumer demand the, the child who is going to otherwise end up in residential care who gets training and then the mother wants that training and she tells her neighbor and so on you know and in the field of trauma it is the quote untreatable patients that are treatable uh, you know if we, we this begins to challenge a lot of this language it definitely changes challenges this when you hear from Jay and me all the time, it challenges the DSM straight out, prima facie challenge to the DSM. These uh, 157 different diagnoses don't exist. There has to be some other paradigm. But, you know, you take on the APA and the other APA and the, and the dominant paradigm and the drug companies and there's almost a part of me that says, Pete, give us a break. You know, it's like, well, this is a huge endeavor, but it is where it's, it's the truth of it. And when you get people, I mean, the, when I was writing the book, I would say, I'm so glad I'm only writing about uh, developmental trauma. I've even, i have not even talking about PTSD. I'm talking about one particular thing, because if I had to cover all of these other, Presumed diagnoses in this book, I would be completely lost. I wouldn't know how. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a pedestal in a in a, in a way. So so I think that's you know that's at least the beginning in the way that I think about what this field is up against and that it is as as robust as it is now. And there are more and more practitioners. I can Google neurofeedback in almost in any major city and there's somebody there
1: yeah
5: how good they are but that would be true of therapy too right if i say google i'm trying to find a psychotherapist i wouldn't have no idea how good they were until i did uh, uh you know had a conversation with them how good a fit they were for me or for whoever i'm sending so well, they have a license,
0: right? You, you don't need a license for this. You know, the regulation is, that's kind of why I always say, I wish there was some more regulation. To There's,
5: a There's a license, but you know, that's, that's no guarantee of anything, but, but I think, but no, I mean, it's, it's a guarantee that they were licensed, right. At least theoretically, but, but I'm also a big supporter of BCAA. I, I believe that, you know, I, all of the people that I've worked with, I say, you know, get your BCIA certification, you know, mm-hmm. because it is the only certifying body. And, and we're not just because of that, because it has evolved its own understanding of what neurofeedback is open to that. And, um, and we, we need a definition. We need a body, we need this. So, but I'm just saying, you know, you're saying, why isn't it in colleges? Uh, you know, I think it will be in colleges way after there is a great deal of consumer demand. And then people are gonna say, I need to go to college for this. Why am I having to go and do all these workshops after I'm a 40 year old uh, professional, and now I have to, you know, and I've never learned about this. That, that period may be coming. Uh, and may, maybe even in my lifetime. I'm, I don't
0: know. Who is the voice of neurofeedback?
2: If it's not the BCIA, then who? I think that ISNR, more than anybody, uh, has done an excellent job of advocacy uh, for neurofeedback. Uh, they're not the only voice, but they undoubtedly are the most authoritative voice. AEPB. Association for Applied Psychophysiology and Biofeedback uh, is another source of advocacy, but uh, APB uh, advocates for all the modalities. Now, let me be clear. ISNR clearly is uh, HRV-friendly. The other modalities friendly. friendly. Uh, I think we have gotten past the point where it's one modality versus another but rather let me have more crayons to color with rather than just uh, the red one.
1: Yep.
2: Uh, one of the most inspiring talks uh, was delivered by uh, Michael and Linda Thompson uh, a number of years ago when they received uh, the Distinguished Scientist Award for APB. and The takeaway from that was we need to be open to using multiple modalities that in some cases it may make more sense to start out with HRV biofeedback and then progress to neurofeedback. But it isn't a matter of my modality is better than your modality. It's rather here are tools, let's use them for assessment and for training Uh, the best way we can for this unique client.
1: I'd like to uh, go back to something that Siebren was talking about. One of the things I I think in this paradigm shift that we're talking about is the concept of of treatment versus training. Mm -hmm. And the medical, psychological community, the language is all about treatment. Mm -hmm. And the the patient-client person comes in and expects to be treated. And what we do is training. And that is a completely different paradigm when the client comes in to receive training, to learn how to to access a skill, to develop a new skill. Uh, It's a lot more like musical instruction or uh, sports instruction or any other kind of training than it is a treatment. I'm not treating my clients. I'm training my clients so that they have choice so that they can make selections about their physiological state, their neurophysiological state, their emotional, psychological state. It's a hard process, a difficult process to get people on board with that concept in terms of the larger professional community, medical, psychological community, because they've been doing treatment forever. And even though psychology, psychotherapy is training, no matter what you call it, it's really training. It's not treatment. Uh, we still call it treatment. And so uh, if we start moving in this direction, then we think of people as being trainers. And so, you know, where do you go to learn how to be a personal trainer? Well, first of all, you probably just do it at the at the gym and pick it up and then you start offering your services as a personal trainer. I think your your idea, Pete, of, of doing community college to uh, train techs, I think that's an excellent idea. I think that's a perfect uh, platform for it. It's a uh, relatively inexpensive. It's structured enough to offer this kind of approach. Uh, and it's flexible enough to incorporate this kind of new uh, information.
0: And, and John, it's a hands-on thing. You know, yeah. you can't go to YouTube. I mean, you have to yep. You have to know how to touch somebody, which you exactly. tried yep. to teach me <laughs> a couple times. But, you know, you it's a hands-on thing. It takes practice yep. to do. And getting back to Fred, you know, when I say voice, who is going to be representing all of us in Washington to get the lawmakers to kind of look at this thing and figure out how are we going to get the insurance companies to pay for this? Because a lot of moms and dads don't have the money to pay out of pocket for it.
4: Yeah. You know, our field has to have the science platform for the academics to stand on to teach. And uh, that's been developing over the years. Let, let me share a graphic. Uh, uh, this goes from 1970s until now, basically. And this these are publications uh, uh, in major search engines. And you can see that there was a, an initial surge that kind of petered out. Um, you know, the government funding for neurofeedback basically uh, quit at, uh, in the uh, 70s and 80s, uh, but the clinical applications have uh, have fostered the field, out-of-pocket uh, uh, clients paying for therapies, but researchers doing publications as well. And you can see this exponential increase. Um, this is very recent. And Let's say today, every university cranked out high-level programs with high-quality students coming out. Uh, uh, They're going to be junior partners in a practice. Uh, It's going to take them four or five years before they can kind of practice the way they have learned and want to. They're under somebody else's supervision. Uh, It's going to take time to penetrate the clinical practice. And uh, the, the, the research that's been done more recently is only now starting to penetrate. So, uh, you know, we, we see the need, uh, but there's, uh, we have to have the science underpinnings. And you can see the number of publications and um, uh, positive publications. Uh, we, we've got lots of uh, studies that now show, that, you know, after you're done training somebody You've gone from intake to outtake, and they've gotten better. If you do six-month follow-up, placebo effects usually start to wash out. One-year follow-up, usually placebo effects are gone. Uh, But they find neurofeedback actually gets better. Uh, From intake to outtake to follow-up, they get even better at follow-up. So it's something that they've learned. It's a skill set that they've learned that's been trained, and it's not... Uh, some ephemeral effect that fades away uh, like a placebo effect. So our, our, our field needs the science to stand on. The science is there if you actually look at the research. It's quite often that uh, if you ask a psychiatrist or a neurologist about neurofeedback, they kind of roll their eyes and say, well, uh, I, I think it's placebo effect or I don't, I don't think it lasts. I mean, there's critiques but they're uninformed. If they actually had the research that's current in their head, they wouldn't be saying such foolishness. So um, I've enjoyed uh, uh, being able to actually uh, go head to head or toe to toe uh, with uh, physician groups that were rather anti-EGQEG and neurofeedback. I'm happy to do discussions with them because the science and publications support what we do. And if you're not informed, it becomes really quite obvious with a little bit of discussion. So it's been fun across the years uh, kind of crossing intellectual swords with various groups uh, because uh, the science is there. Uh, All you need to do is get into an honest, open discussion. If they're an open-minded skeptic, that's all we need. Uh, if, if, If we get a little bit of acceptance, go ahead and try it they end up seeing the results. Like Seaburn's experience of her own uh, uh, training uh, opened her eyes to what could be done. And and interaction with groups of uh, physicians, I've, I've had very good success having them become open-minded skeptics. And again, once they get some experience with this field, it's the crack cocaine of, of education. They, once they're on it, they're absolutely hooked on this <laughs> stuff. So... I'm, Can, I'm happy to see them get exposed to the field because once they're in it, they can't help themselves. This is just, it's just too good to pass up.
0: But wanted, Jay, you know, they, 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 they all say, show me the studies. There's so many studies out there. Who is the voice that says, look, here's the research. All the people that say, show me the data. It's right here.
4: It has to be done uh, one application area at a time. Uh, that, uh the, the, the screen share that I just did is is basically um, a, a, a brief that was uh, written up in an attempt to get insurance to cover ADD ADHD as an application. And uh, the, the, the publication is is uh, this publication. Uh, uh, Brain Futures is a group that was basically uh, lobbying. Uh, th- this is a, a very well done, uh, they don't overclaim or overstate anything. They have absolutely solid evidence. Um, I have to d- uh, disclose I'm one of their uh, unpaid uh, consultants on this, along with mm. Martine Arns, David Cantor, Fred. The uh, uh, Fred. I mean, there's uh, uh, Mark, and there. These are all and up. You know, Donna, um, who was on on the show yeah, yeah. previously, Angels and Assassins, author. Uh, so th- these are uh, folks th- this goes through uh, an executive summary, uh, literally, uh, point by point by point, uh, going through uh, the-, the increase in diagnosis of ADD-ADHD across time. Uh, the- the- this is absolutely solid evidence-based uh, support. And this brief uh, is-, is not old um it's a, i think a 2020 uh, brief if i'm not mistaken and um this kind of uh, presentation for other applications is needed um this was extremely well done and it had had enough support to actually uh, start to influence the insurance coverage out on the east coast but that's always you know insurance coverage is you know state insurance commissioner uh, one state at a time uh, hmm. uh and, and it's it's tedious, but um, uh, this this is the kind of uh, publication that's going to end up making a difference. So I'm happy to see it,
3: man.
0: I, I, I hate to complain about things without a solution. OK, I got this podcast going. What else can I do to get? OK, if that's the study, what can I do? Do I have to go to Washington, D.C.? What what can Pete Jansons do? If I had a magic wand, guys, I'm I'm here you I'm listening.
1: Get, you need to get on Oprah. Hmm. Oprah, Oprah.
5: There are some smaller things that are going on, and Oprah would present her own. That would swamp us. That would, you know, the consumer demand would be huge. I I don't know very many neurofeedback people who have empty slots. Just. Right. To Just to be real about this. Right. It's like we're all filled up. So the thing that I've devoted myself to in this stage in the Midwest, this stage in my life is to is to train more people, right, to be engaged in the training. And of course, part of the problem or maybe part of the gift of this being the brain futures piece being of focusing on ADHD is that almost everybody gets diagnosed with ADHD. So that makes it very useful. Right. Um, but in, in smaller terms, I think, uh, or in, in other ways, uh, Joy Lunt and Mark Tullinger have been before, again, COVID has uh, messed up a lot of things, but the two of them have been really penetrating the the whole insu- the whole way insurance actually gets done. and those may be two people that have on the show at some point to see where the where this is, you know, you know where their efforts are um, to get reimbursement for neurofeedback, but at a higher rate, and with psychotherapy, because there are equipment costs and training costs that psychotherapists don't typically have to encounter.
3: It's, it's kind of, I don't know if the theme is relationship or what, but there was a a, a postdoc who did his, he was trained at McMaster University, did a postdoc at, in Austria, and then he came back to the Department of Psychiatry to work with Margaret McKinnon, and he had worked with Ruth Lanius at Western University in Ontario. What we, and he presented a wonderful grand rounds to the Department of Psychiatry on his work with uh, PTSD in in Europe. Uh, So there's this, you know, cross Atlantic connection. Um, And then, uh, and so he's working in EEG biofeedback in part at a strong medical school up the escarpment. uh, There's a strong community college, it's called Mohawk College. And they have a, a program to train uh, rehabilitation therapists in brain disorders and uh, various types of uh, rehabilitation. And so they they purchased some um, some neurofeedback equipment and are learning how to use it. And the the hope is that they will uh, connect with their their colleagues at the university. And uh, the model being in Ontario where there are. Numerous community college university collaborations, where they um, say at the the Mohawk McMaster collaboration, they produce uh, students with BScNs in, in nursing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a it's, there's a path uh, formed through these relationships so that someone can start. Uh, you know, at a technician level or a very elementary level, and then you know, if it suits them, grow into becoming a, you know, a psychiatrist or a
2: social worker or a nurse who can uh, can practice neurofeedback. You know, what more can we do as advocates? Uh, uh, APB is uh, has uh, published a what I consider to be a very conservative review of the efficacy literature uh, in biofeedback and neurofeedback. Uh, Jay was part of the original task force that created uh, the efficacy standards uh, that we have used in the first three editions and we'll use in the fourth. You, and, uh, you were president of ISNR at the time that Don Moss was president of APB and together, you collaborated to create a task force that would define what efficacy meant in the different levels. Well, we're coming on in early fall, uh, the fourth edition of evidence-based practice in biofeedback and neurofeedback. Uh, APB uh, will be publishing it, and I am... Uh, it will be worth uh, purchasing. Uh, and the reason it's worth purchasing is it will show the evidence base and the level of efficacy uh, for a very large number of applications, including neurofeedback applications. And is just one teaser, uh, the 2022 rating for uh, depression uh, will be the highest level, which is level five, efficacious and specific. Previously, it had only been level four, but there were more independent randomized control trials. As, again, echoing what Jay said, there's been ex- explosion of research, particularly in neurofeedback, and with better design, better powered studies, uh, we have more compelling evidence of efficacy. So I will let you know when it is available. And then if you want to share that, perhaps you can book uh, Ina Hazan uh, who is the editor uh, for Evidence-Based. There are a number of other characters who will be, you could also book who are on that task force. Uh, Don Moss being one, Randy Lyle is another. And we do this for love. This is something we do for the field and it's been over a year, uh, probably a year and a half in coming. So this is a way that a practitioner can uh, educate uh, their colleagues about the scientific basis uh, for biofeedback and neurofeedback interventions.
5: Sounds like a good Christmas present, right? Oh, yes. Think, about it. Think about it for Christmas,
0: yes, right, for sure. Fred Schaefer, John Davis, that's an easy one. John Anderson, our old buddy, from Bi- all from Biosource Software, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thanks for, Thanks for having, me. having us, Pete. Hey, hey, hey,
0: Fred, I know you don't like to hawk your product, but for the people that are interested, what's the best way for our listeners and viewers to learn more about Biosource?
2: Just go to Biosource dot.com, uh, uh and uh, we we have our legacy website right now uh and in another two months we will have a pretty website our products are out there uh and again just just kick the tires drive it around the block see what's a good fit for you
0: is that what we call this podcast, a legacy podcast, Trey? <laughs> I think
2: it's a bit too slick to be considered legacy.
0: Slick? That's the first time I've heard that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guys, th- uh, th- thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you all for watching Neuro Noodles, Neurofeedback, and Neuropsychology Podcast. We'd like to thank our Patreon business supporters. We are supported by listeners and businesses just like you, like our gold supporter, Applied Neuroscience Incorporated, the creators of NeuroGuide, the premier EEG assessment and training software whose demo version can be downloaded from the link here hey attend ani's pre-conference workshop at the isnr 2022 conference wednesday july 27th between 8 a.m and 4 30 p.m the workshop will concentrate on assessment and protocol preparation using the neuronavigator navigator and the symptom checklist which includes cerebellar rois and uses sw loretta for more precise targeting and cross frequency coupling training will be introduced and hey, if you want a coupon code, email Pete at neuronoodle.com. I'll hook you up. Learn more at slash neuroguide. Hey, Mary Tracy's Neurotraining Strategies offers a higher standard of EEG QEG education to EEG clinicians, technicians, and neurofeedback practitioners with their convenient online BCIA and QEG certified didactic courses. Check them out at EEG Hey, Mind Media's Nexus Amplifier. Hey, full disclosure, Pete's been a customer for years, but check them out. They got a semi-dry cap coming out. You can see it live at ISNR. Say hello to great connectivity and goodbye to artifacts and pasting your clients hair. Check them out at mindmedia.com. Three things our listeners can do to help us spread the word of neurofeedback. Number one, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Number two, give us a review on whatever platform you listen to. Five stars is appreciated, but Jake Gunkelman will accept four and a half. Hey, if you have the means, please support us on Patreon slash NeuroNoodle. There are different levels in which you can support us, whether you're a mom or dad or a clinician. There's even an option where you can have your own Q&A with our own Jake Gunkelman. This support helps us improve the quality of our content. Hey, trying to get these video edits even better, even better. Again, we thank you all for watching. Cue the non-copyrighted music.